I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. Yeah, it's fine. It was all wrong. It doesn't have to be true. I just have to say it with confidence. I learned that from presidents. Anyway. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to episode 153 of Not the Podcast You Deserve. This is our now streaming episode where Kyle, Drew, and Drew talk about things that we've been watching and guys, I know that the Golden Globes is going on like as we speak. <laughs> and if we were a better podcast, we planned things out, we probably would have just pushed our episode to tomorrow so we could talk about it. But I think with award season coming up, um, we're going to have lots of chances to talk about people that won and people that should have won and movies that sucked but everybody else liked and things like that. So <laughs> I'm not going to spend too much time on what we've already seen, but am fired up for short round. Um, if you haven't watched his acceptance speech... For best supporting actor in a comedy, I believe. It's actually really cool. And he thanks Steven Spielberg for giving his first role like 60 years ago or whatever. Oh, wow. um, pretty cool. Uh, guys, this week I watched the first episode of Kaleidoscope. I brought this up a few weeks back. Um, but there's new show on Netflix where you start it and it picks a color for you. And the color that it picks for you determines the order in which you watch the episodes. Um, so I was intrigued by it just for that fact. Mm. I didn't realize that Gus Fring is the main actor Mm -hmm. uh, in this show. I don't know his real name. I thought it was going to come to me. Nope, don't know his real name. He's great, though. Uh, Count Adamar from (laughs) A Knight's Tale is the bad guy. So, like, all about this. And then, hey, who plays Captain Boomerang in the Suicide Squad? Is that Jai Courtney? Oh, man. Yeah, I think that's right. It sounds right, but I didn't look that up. I didn't do. I didn't look up anything for this show. Actually, <laughs> if you can't tell, um, but it actually is. Uh, it's really fun. I really enjoyed it. I'm only one episode in, uh, but at one point, Count Adamor is talking to this uh, team, uh, this banking team, and he said, "You asked me to assess the state of your security. I found it wanting." And immediately when uh. he said that, I was locked in because that's <laughs> very close <laughs> to his line from a Night's Tale. Um, you have been weighed, you've been measured, and you've been found wanting. Um, That's so a dude I was that immediate. just like can't stop playing bad guys. Like oh, he, immediate! He screams bad guys. Yeah, yeah, like I've never heard anything about him as a person. <laughs> I, I hope he's like the nicest dude ever. But I hope children like kick him in the shin when they see him because he just <laughs> he just looks like a villain. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Uh, so I'm excited to finish that one. Um, I finished season three of Mythic Quest this oh, week. Nice. I am. I'm. I'm pretty ready to say that's the best show on TV right now. Um, <laughs> that show is so good. Um, Rob McElhaney's great. Um, the, 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 all the supporting actors are great too. The writing's really fun. The directing's really good. It's very pretty. Like I think that might be the best show on TV right now. Can yeah. either of you fight me on that? Can't fight you on it. I mean, I really like it. I think Apple TV does a good job making shows in general. They're, they're very well produced. You can tell they throw so much money at them. I actually don't know how much money they make um, sure. off of these shows. but <clears throat> They get to dip into the iPhone fund, I'm sure. Yeah, so you know. They're, they're fine. Yeah. Um, but I think that Mythic Quest, I would agree with you, is an incredibly well-done show. It's always entertaining. They somehow make it simultaneously serious at, at times, and then will immediately take a hard left turn into one of the funniest things you've ever seen. Yeah. And it doesn't cheapen 
either of those effects. It's a very good balance. That's a good point. Um, and I think Rob McElhaney is fantastic. And I was going to talk about this too. That's why I'm stealing a little bit of your thunder. So I oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. I was worried that at some point they were going to run into like the sitcom effect of why aren't these people moving on? Like we we yeah. give them character arcs that make them seem like they should be moving on, and then somehow they just reappear here again next season. Um, I think the way they ended season three with the future of season four and a group of them splitting off um, gives some future for that. But I'm also worried that like this is going to, we're going to get in the circle of like everybody's trapped and we can't get out. Yeah. Yeah. Season eight of how I met your mother. I feel you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then speaking of Apple TV plus I finished slow horses because Crawford said I should watch it. So I watched it and like a good friend, I, I did that. Um, and I thought it was fine. That, uh, what's his name? Jack Loden, the lead actor, mm-hmm. uh, aside from Gary Oldman. I think he's awesome. Yeah. I want to see him on more stuff. And then... Um, Did you watch both seasons or just season one? Just watch the first season. Okay. Um, I decided to jump from the first season uh, into another Apple TV Plus show that looked pretty good, which was Blackbird. And I'm Ooh. only one episode into Blackbird, but Taron Edgerton is awesome. So <laughs> I will continue watching just because he's a lot of fun. And also Greg Kinnear is in it. And I love Greg Kinnear. Um, and then my note says, and the guy from that movie. And I'm not real sure which one I was talking about. So, oh, I know what I was talking about. I was talking about the killer. Yeah, he's from that movie. Yeah, we'll get to that some other point in time. But the main one I wanted to talk about was um, Banshees of the Inishirin. Or Inishirin. How are yeah. we saying that? I think it's Inishirin. That one. Well, so we talked about movie marathons last week, and then Crawford and I ended up at the same place at uh, 11 o'clock at night, and we're like, hey, let's watch a movie. And so we, did, we, we didn't take Drew Allen's advice. Drew Allen said, you don't want to start a movie marathon with the Banshees of Inishirin because <laughs> you'll want to just go to bed. Or I think you said, we're, it's too heady, and yeah. it wouldn't be fun. And he's right about that. Don't start your movie <laughs> marathon with Banshees of the Inishirin, because I can tell you from experience that Crawford will just fall asleep afterwards. <laughs> um, we finished the movie, and we started everything everywhere all at once, and Crawford got about 15 minutes into that before he peaced out. Oh, yeah. Um, but the Banshees of Inishirin, what a weird movie. Yep. I'm not sure it's a good movie. It was really pretty. Right. I don't think I was entertained. I think the actors did a great job. Yep. But I don't know that I liked it. Um... And that's where I stand on that. Crawford, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it. And as you alluded to, I was quite sleepy. So <laughs> yeah. take all, take this with all the grains of salt <laughs> that are in the beaches of Inner Sheeran. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think that it. I can agree that it was very well done. It was very well acted. It was very well shot. Uh, but again, I don't know that it was a like a great story. It was interesting. And I thought that, uh, Colin Farrell and, um, Gleason, um, Brendan. Gleason. Brendan. Yeah. Brendan Gleason. I thought father of Dom Paul Gleason. Yes. Um, and I guess we had alluded to this previously and drew, I think you mentioned it. I just wanted this to be in Bruges too. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. it's definitely not, <laughs> but those characters, still interact with each other in a very very funny way and um i I don't know i 
there were parts of it that are introspective and parts of it that are uh, kind of telling about friendships and dreams of greatness and priorities in, in your own life and things like that and kind of poke fun at it in a dark humor way. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of it that it's like, you got to be in the really right headspace to enjoy that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, it, uh, oh, Carrie Condon, who is the voice of Friday from uh, yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah, the only thing I know her from. Uh, thought she was great. Barry Keegan, or however you say his name, was yep. fun. Mm-hmm. It, this movie sparked a uh, a religious debate between Crawford and I about three quarters of the way through the movie. Do you remember <laughs> that, Drew? Or were you too sleepy? I want to say I do, but why don't you <laughs> just give the recap? No, not for this part. That's a different episode altogether. But then at the end of it, I was like, this falls under the category of one of those movies that I think... I'm sure there was a point. I just don't know that I figured out what that was. And that could be on me, or it could be on the movie. I'm leaning towards this being on the movie, though. So, I don't know. Um, I I would agree with you there. I I think that it it starts this premise. You know, it sets this premise of Brendan Gleeson's character saying, If you bother me, I will cut off my fingers until you stop bothering me. Which is... Interesting. And then, like, he cuts one finger off. You're like, oh, whoa, he's serious. And then he cuts all four of the other fingers off, and Mm -hmm. it just, like, escalates, like, two-thirds into the movie. And at that point, I'm like, you have only five left. And you went from one to four. So are we going toes next also? Like, the escalation is... See, I didn't even get that far into the thought process. It's just like, I don't understand this. Yeah. But outside of that... Uh, that wraps up my week of movie watching. Uh, Drew Allen, what would you like to shame us into watching this week? Yes, the thing that you should go see uh, and support your theaters, unless you hate children, uh, is Mathrigan, or uh, Megan, if you will. Oh, Megan! Yes. <laughs> Mathrigan. Have uh, either of y'all been able to get out and see this horror movie? No, I really want to. No, zero part of me wants to. Crawford, what's your stance on horror dolls? Uh, avoid them at all costs. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's, that's what it should Don't be bring them sure. into your home. Don't create them and then also pair them with your adopted niece, kind of. Um, it's a really good movie. Like, surprisingly good. I went into it in a great headspace, and then it, you know, took my expectations and blew them out of the water. I was really happy with my time. I went to Alamo Draft House. Uh, I had a couple drinks, some popcorn, a pizza. It was super fun. A pretzel. I was really having a time. Uh, and it's a great movie. It's not too scary. So Crawford, if you're going to spend some time on a horror movie this year, I think this is your best bet. It doesn't get too violent. It doesn't get too scary. But it is a really well shot movie. It's a little slow, definitely at the front end. So you have to kind of make it through a lot of family stuff. But that kind of grounds the movie in a real space that allows it to jump to like these insane places that are really fun. Um, so I would recommend it. It's uh, it's like a horror light, I think. Um, kind of more yeah, dealing with the say, sci-fi. Based off the preview, which is how I judge scary movies, it mm-hmm. looked like there were parts of it that could have been scary, could yeah. have been violent, but it looked like there was a lot of parts that was... Um, over exaggerated to say like yeah uh, the part where she's like dancing in the hallway as she kills the asian guy yeah yeah ronnie ronnie ching yes right yes the comedian and i was like 
that one part of the trailer, I was like, is this actually going to be a scary movie? Or are they, like, poking fun at scary movies? Yes and no. Uh, to both. <laughs> it's not quite Cabin in the Woods uh, horror comedy, but they definitely really lean into the premise and just go to insane places. And because it's grounded it's so much in, like, some really heavy, um, sad family stuff that they really spend some time developing, it works. It, it's not like, oh, they're trying to do too much. Uh, I will say, at one point, a dog does not make it through the film, so uh, guard your heart for that. Um, mm. But it oh. seems like a mean, angry dog, so I don't know if that makes it any better <laughs> or not. So not like Marley and me? This yeah. is a different type of... <laughs> yeah, this isn't like... A, uh, an old yeller situation. Um, but the the director, Gerard Johnston, I don't think he's done anything before this. So I'm really excited to see, you know, somebody take a crack at something and be really successful. This is the first, like, horror movie to come out on the first weekend of January to be successful in, like, 10 years. So huh. that was really exciting to see. A fun little factoid for you. But yeah, I recommend going and seeing Megan. Streaming only in theaters. Uh, Crawford, so For that now. means wait wait a week and you may be able to find it on Netflix when you get home. There it is. That sounds about right. Which I'm sure is where you've been watching some other things, possibly. Maybe some Hulu. What, what streaming site do you prefer? So a lot of what I was going to talk about, uh, I kind of already got out there with Kyle. Uh, Mythic Quest Season 3, I'm in Slow Horses Season 2, and I'm really enjoying that as well. Um, taking the... Um, spy part of slow horses to a cold war era type thing where it's uh the english versus the russians and their sleeper cells and whatever so it's less like fighting homegrown terrorism like season one so uh more of a traditional pandering of of a spy genre and i'm excited for that i eat that stuff up i talked about jack ryan a week ago so uh i'm excited to see where that goes i think gary ullman does a great job and can't wait to see the rest of his team. And then uh, the Banshees of Inishirin. And I can't comment on everywhere, every everything everywhere all at once because <laughs> I didn't I didn't fully see it. But I will. I think you caught the first fifteen minutes and the last like fifteen minutes. It's what we call. So I can't imagine how confused you were. What an interesting <laughs> way to watch that movie. Pretty, yeah. pretty confused. Um, <laughs> But the other thing I've been watching is a whole lot of trailers, taking you to another episode of Crawford's Corner. Crawford's Corner. All right. Uh, I've got several on here, but I'm saving the best for last. Um, but I'm also going to start out with a banger. Have you guys seen the preview for Renfield yet? No. So this is a movie with... The guy from he plays Beast in the new X Men movies. I can't ever remember Nicholas his name. Holt. Yeah, there you go in the menu and stuff like that. He plays uh, the servant to a vampire, and he hates his job. <laughs> and he goes to a like uh, a group therapy session that's all about like how to deal with people you don't like, and we all have terrible jobs, and we'll get through it together. And he like starts telling people about this and they're like encouraging him of like, Oh, you can do it. Like stand up to him, that kind of thing. And then his boss shows up and it's Dracula and Dracula is played by Nick Cage. Oh yes. <laughs> I've seen the poster. I didn't know what this was. Yeah. So Nick Cage is the Dracula we've always needed. So yes. I'm so excited. I can't wait. This, it looks 
funny, action-packed. I think parts of it will be kind of heartfelt, but I think Nick Cage will get full reign to be his full caginess. Mm. And that'll be awesome. Um, there's a show coming out called The Consultant, uh, which is going to be on Amazon Prime, starring Christoph Waltz. And it looks like if his character from Inglorious Bastards ran Facebook. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So I, I I can't fully figure out what's going on, but it looks wild. And I think that he does a really good job of playing a very serious, put-together, crazy person. And yeah. I think that he'll nail that. Um, the second trailer for Knock at the Cabin came out. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. even more excited about this now. Uh, so they revealed a little bit more of the premise. Uh, it's not just Dave Batista being like, one of you has to die. Yeah, it yeah. tells you why. Um, basically, every time that they ask you, like, you have to kill one of these people... For some reason, a catastrophe happens in the world if you say no. And wow. at first, they don't believe it, but then like planes start falling out of the sky and tidal waves start hitting. And they and you have to see Jonathan Groff specifically. I think he's going to do a great job with this. You know, wrestle with an unmakeable decision in a really unbelievable circumstance. And yeah, uh, you can tell Dave Batista and Rupert Grant and the rest of the people. They're like, we don't want to be here either. Like we, this sucks, but we believe that it is real. So, what are you gonna do when your religion tells you that like you have to have somebody kill another person to save all of humanity? Like, how's that gonna weigh on you? So it's an in night Shyamalan joint. So we'll see what the big twist is. Like they made it up <laughs> the whole time. Shyamalan joint. <laughs> yeah. That's real. Um, then we have Bo is Afraid. Have you guys seen this? Is no. The Joaquin Phoenix movie coming out? Yes. This is an A24 movie that is just the most A24 I've ever seen. Um, starring Joaquin Phoenix. And I think, based on what I can tell from this trailer, is he's living out multiple eras of his life. On like what I can only describe as a Coen Brothers type odyssey meets a get out fever dream. Huh. Uh, Nathan Lane is in it. I haven't seen him since the producers and then, you know, the Lion King. So that'll be cool. I'm excited yeah. to see what's going on with him. Uh, it looks wild. It really it flows back and forth between like dystopian future and then he's like in an animated field. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks... I can't figure it out. Anyway, I think that A24 does good stuff, and Joaquin Phoenix does good stuff, so I can only imagine this is going to be crazy, but it's going to win some awards. And then finally, and this... We'll get some feedback from the crew. The full Ant-Man Quantumania trailer came out. Oh, How man. many times have you guys watched this so far? I've watched it three times. Yeah. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. Oh no! Oh boy, <laughs> Is it, it looks good? great. <laughs> I feel I feel like I don't actually wa I don't want to see another one because yeah. I feel like I kind of already had an idea of where the story was going, and this trailer just confirmed that and also showed me I think more than I wanted to see. I think they just they're doing it for whatever reason. They used to be like real secretive in their trailers, and then with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, they were just like, "Hey, here's the whole movie." You're like, oh, okay, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. and this one, they're like, they showed us what I thought was going to be the big twist, and I was like, oh, that's tough. 
Uh, but you got to see Modoc yes. for a split second. Yes. <laughs> which I'm pretty fired up about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like they showed us the twist with Kang, and I don't really want... I, I saw it coming, but I would prefer to see it in the theater for the first time than not on my TV screen while my frogs are losing my 58 points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I agree. I thought there was a lot that they gave away in this trailer. I'm holding out hope that this is actually a big ploy on their part and very smart that they've actually only revealed to you the first like 30 minutes of the movie sure and that with all the timeline switching and stuff that they're gonna be like there's a whole nother part of this movie like we haven't even shown you one clip from avengers endgame-esque yeah and i was like Mm. that could be cool but also i'm not sure that we could totally pull that off i will say jonathan majors as, as kang looks awesome yeah uh excited to see him go full kang on everybody <laughs> um, <clears throat> Paul Rudd, I'm excited to see his Ant Man again. Yeah, it's gonna be that twist of humor, um, but heartfelt, right? He's yeah. the as dumb as this might sound, the everyman type superhero. Sure, the one that you know, just the average stay at home dad could be like, "Hey, I could be Paul Rudd. I could, I could." Put my life on the line for to save my daughter. Oh yeah, okay, all right, cool. Ant Man. I like nice. To, I like to think Marvel's tracking all of their constituents, all of their fans throughout the years, and the lonely teens have grown up into stay-at-home dads, and now they're making <laughs> movies for them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the next twenty years is going to look like, but that's amazing. Yeah, it's just uh, Paul Rudd playing the. Um, Sean Connery character from Indiana Jones. Yeah. That's the that's umbrella in a sidecar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're previous. like, yeah, I could be Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that could be pretty great. Uh, but that is all I have for Crawford's Corner. Crawford's Corner. That's all we got for this week on Not the Podcast You Deserve. Please check out our last episode, 152, I guess. I forget. It's a video pod. We can do that. We did it. It's on Spotify. You just turn your phone sideways. It turns into a video. Also, we have a YouTube channel. It is named, you guessed it, at NTPYD Podcast. Feel free to check us out there or on Twitter, on Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is not the podcast you deserve.